Hi everyone, my name is Kate. And I'm Jackie of Pastel Hobo Studios. And you're listening to Artwise. Hello everyone. I'm here with Jackie today and I'm just gonna let her go ahead and introduce herself to you guys and tell you you know what's what's up hi guys my name is jackie some of you may know me as the littlest hobo i am originally a chicago artist and a chicago published model but i did move up to the north woods of wisconsin so now i am just focusing on my art up here and seeing where where i can transform it and what else i can do with it awesome okay so I'm really super excited for our episode today. I feel like we have a lot of really good questions that I can't really speak to, which is awesome because I am really annoying and I like to insert myself into, you know, I don't know if it's like, I don't even know what's wrong with me, to be honest. I feel broken. But sometimes when people talk, I'm just like, I can relate to that. And I insert a story, but I can't really (laughs) say anything about any of these things because this isn't stuff I've done before, which is super cool. So I'm excited. But the first question that I have for you, which is typically like a question that I'll ask everybody, the first and last questions I'll ask everybody, but the middle questions are all like specific to like your experience as an artist and what you do. But the first question is very important. How did you begin like your art journey? What's your origin story? Was becoming an artist something that you've always wanted to do? Or was it just something that you learned about yourself later on? Like what's the the tea about how you got started as an artist? Sure. So I always, I guess I would say had an eccentric mind, I guess the artist's mind. But I actually was dancing for most of my life up until I graduated high school. And then I had an injury in my hip where I had to just stop dancing. I wasn't able to further pursue it. So I needed to look for another creative outlet. So my mom actually just one day gave me a mannequin and she was like, I don't know, paint it or something. (laughs) And so I did and I loved it. (laughs) And I was like, I got to try this painting stuff out a little bit more. And here we are (laughs) about six years later. That is, I mean, I, I'm sorry about your injury, but I cannot even tell you how many people like had some kind of injury and were like, I'll just do art because like you can, there's so many mm-hmm. different ways to do art. Right. It really like, I've said this on the podcast before with, with a couple other people, but it really gives Frida, <laughs> Frida Kahlo. Right. Because she had like a similar experience. So that's, right, that's super yeah. cool. Is like the... The mannequin painting still something that you do or have you like pivoted into like canvas or other things or like what is your specialty look like? So that's actually funny you say that because, you know, I loved the mannequin when I first painted it. And then about in 2019, I had someone that I didn't know too well reach out to me (laughs) and she was like, hey, my my store is closing. We have a bunch of mannequins. Do you want them? And I was like. Yes, of course I do. Of course I want to. So for a little bit of time, I just had like like 10 mannequins in my house. <laughs> Would freak people out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as of right now, I'm definitely doing more canvas work. But love, love painting some mannequins. I love adding stuff to the mannequins. The one I did, there was a crack in it. So I had it look like grass was growing out of it. Kind of like in a 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool, and people loved the mannequins. People loved them. <laughs> I would love to do some more mannequins. Yeah, it's. I've honestly, I've never, I've never really heard of that. And honestly, I probably would be too freaked out to have that many mannequins <laughs> in my house. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I have Sorry. this one right behind me. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know if I'd be able. Like, do they? Are they in like eye shot from your bed? Well, that- see. Yes, this one behind me is, and my boyfriend, he'll wake up and get scared all the time. I'm, like, used to it by now. This mannequin, I named her Rhonda, so when he freaks out, I'm like, it's just Rhonda. It's okay. Calm down. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. It's, like, almost like you could name a ghost Rhonda as well. True. Uh, (laughs) You sure could. And And make it a little less scary. (laughs) Yeah, make it less scary. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know. That would freak me out. I like, I I think the idea is awesome. It looks super cool behind you. I didn't realize it was a mannequin until you said it was a mannequin. I can't see the whole thing. I can only see the legs for those of you listening who can't see. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that is awesome. So in your application, you mentioned that you're a Chicago artist. I was just wondering, like, what's the art scene like in Chicago? Because I'm from Tampa, Florida, and I have never left. So I'm curious, like when other artists like mention like where they're based out of, I just kind of am like, what what is it like in other places? Yeah, the Chicago art scene is amazing. I miss it so much. It's It's a community for sure. Like it definitely makes the city seem a little, the big city seem a little bit smaller because in, you know, everyone kind of knows each other. Like even if you don't know someone, you know, your friend knows that person and it makes it a lot easier to network, which is just extremely important as an artist to network and meet other artists and things like that. So I really enjoyed the Chicago art scene. I felt like there was no, specific style that was necessarily cool or better than the other one and was able to just freely express themselves with their own style and it was just so accepted just across the board and I thought that was so amazing yeah for sure I sometimes I feel like that about Tampa Mm -hmm. but I'm not as involved because I've kind of I don't know if you can can relate you so you don't live in Chicago anymore no, I just moved up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin for a couple of reasons. The main one being Chicago is expensive as fuck. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to move out of Tampa this month on the 23rd mm-hmm. because I, it's, my rent got doubled. There's just nothing I could do. <laughs> yeah. Living in Chicago, I was living in like a, a basement essentially in Forest Park which is just kind of right outside of the city and it was like over a thousand dollars a month and I was like I just I can't I can't do this anymore yeah no I totally understand our rent here went from 1500 to over 3000 we have a three bedroom wow. so we split we have four people we usually have four people living here but once like they told us that they would raise our rent that much we were just like, you know what? It's not worth it because we were all, we would all like that defeats the point of having so many roommates to have to pay like over a thousand a month like per person. So after utilities, more. So we were just like we just called it and we were like moving <laughs> to yeah a less where populated you, area. <laughs> yep, that's kind of what I did. 
But instead of moving like Southern Illinois, I just moved north into Wisconsin. Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm sure there's like a good, honestly, there's like kind of cool art scenes like everywhere, but mm-hmm. I find like the cities have like really cool events and stuff like that and just more yeah. opportunities. There are definitely like art festivals and shows up here, but it is different. Like, especially the art up here is different. It's more like nature I guess, and less weird. And I'm kind of used to painting weird stuff. So I'm trying to like paint some more things that kind of, you know, still are things that speak to me, but things that might be a little bit more appealing to people up in the Northwoods. Because definitely Chicago had, you know, it was more accepting of different art styles. Up here, it's kind of like, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but, you know, it's like the wood burnt stuff, things like that. So it is, there's a style up here, definitely, for sure. Yeah. If if I were you, I wouldn't change a thing because standing out can be really good. Not just for you, but people that are suppressing their own art and making it this nature thing to like fit into what other people are doing yeah, could see your work and be like, oh, maybe I can actually do what I want if this person's having, you know, success here. Or, just a yeah. thought. No, that's but- a really good idea actually i never thought about it that way i'm a huge advocate 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 for for doing whatever the heck you want yeah no i like that i i used to be like that but now for some reason i'm like well maybe i should tone it down a bit but no i needed that reminder thank you (laughs) yeah no problem so i'm curious how how did you get your artwork into galleries and like how did you get your publications like what what kind of story was happened for you to like have those opportunities yeah sure I mean I'll say it once I'll say it a hundred times networking and so 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 important I had my friend Lewis he was my tattoo artist and then he actually opened up a gallery in Pilsen and he it was great I would consider him my art mentor because he was really good about kind of helping me. The first art show I did was with my friends, my best friend, her boyfriend, and my boyfriend at the time. So I'd make jokes like we were like Abba, because you know how it was two couples. <laughs> but uh, we, it was Stray Dog Art Show. That's what we called it. And he was just so good about kind of telling us like what would bring people in, how to advertise it. And then he also gave us the space And he was great. That's also where we had, we hosted our show Drip, which was our biggest art show that we ever did. The cops ended up getting called (laughs) because we were too loud. (laughs) But, and then with, with being a published model, it's, it's kind of same, same. I mean, Mario Tricosi reached out to me to, to be in a photo shoot and that's not the photo shoot I was published for but the makeup artist who did my makeup that day was like you got the look and she was like I'm gonna take down your information and then she reached out to me I ended up driving two hours to southern Illinois and then we did a photo shoot and I got published from that photo shoot and then I also got published with my friend Janet Debris who I met filming a commercial for her eyelashes. So it was all just networking and meeting people and and hit, hitting it off with those people and then wanting to work with me again. With Janet, it, it took, I think, the third shoot that we did to get published. So, you know, it was just fun for us to create together. So definitely it was just me meeting people and me following through with maintaining friendships with them and 
and learning from them. I think that was like extremely important for me to learn from the people that were placed right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I I love hearing stories like that. I think it's like something kind of like I don't know how to word this. It's it's interesting because I feel like not a lot of artists kind of like go that route. And it's really cool to hear other people talk about, you know, how networking brought about these experiences because I I have I have like a couple publications, but like the the biggest one that I have, I have like an illustration of like a giraffe that I had published on the cover of National Art Education Association oh, magazine. Yeah, and I would love to get some of my work and like myself because I was also on the cover with it. I-, I would just love to get it published again. But I honestly, I'm like, I'm at a point where, oh my gosh, hopefully by the time this comes, I might have to edit this out if this hasn't happened <laughs> yet because I have no clue like what the timeline for this is going to be. But I'm at a point where I'm like about to make just like an ArtWise magazine and just Ooh. publish people myself. It would probably be like an e-magazine, not like a physical magazine. Yeah, that's like, really cool. Yeah, no, I just like I'm at that point where I'm just like, you know what? I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to do it myself. You know what I mean? Right, I don't right. Know if you ever yeah. feel like that? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I totally know exactly how you feel. <laughs> that's why this podcast exists, because I was literally like sitting at my desk listening to podcasts and being like I want to listen to a really good art podcast and then spent like months trying to find one and like couldn't find one I liked and I was like this there's like a huge gap in the podcast community and the art community like that mm-hmm. needs to be bridged and so I was like I guess right. I'll do it since no one right. else is done I'll that. do it <laughs> <laughs> fine <laughs> so you mentioned that you've you know curated a gallery before when you were working on curating you know, a gallery, mm-hmm. what, what kind of work do you look for? How did you go about like finding art to include? Sure. So, I mean, <clears throat> for me, of course, art is subjective. So I was just looking, I mean, with, within my own work, what I was putting up was just, you know, the stuff that looked most representable. So like, whether it, you know, I didn't want to put any canvases that you know, were puckered or anything like that, things like that. And I wanted to kind of show a variety of what I had to offer. So I didn't want to just put the same same stuff. And then, I mean, when it came to other people's art in the gallery, my friends were the ones that we were doing the shows with. So that was, you know, it was really cool just to have them there with me. And they, they kind of had the same idea where it was just like the most the art that would represent you you yourself the best and then also no I mean you definitely want diversity in a gallery so when you know that was the one good thing about my friends none of us have a similar style at all none of us do so you know my old friend Haley she did the watercolor and she would paint animals and that was that was, you know, a hit. People love painted animals. But for me, I mean, I just tried to, because of course it was limited space. There was four of us in the gallery, so we couldn't put all of our art up. So I just tried to do the ones that I felt spoke to me the most, but also I had the most emotional connection with. And I really just, I, I think me and my fellow artists that curated the 
gallery, that's kind of all we were looking for, pieces that just really spoke to the artist and was a good representation of who they were as an artist. It didn't necessarily have to be the, you know, prettiest thing because, like I said, art is subjective. So I know some artists who, you know, do an amazing job at those, like, scribble drawings and stuff like that. I could never do that. I think it looks amazing. But I know some people don't think that that's necessarily, quote-unquote, appealing. But I, you know, there are people that would find that, like, amazing, like like me. It's something that I couldn't do. So, I mean, I just think whatever the artist chooses, that kind of trust their judgment with that because it probably is the piece that speaks to them most. That's really interesting. So if you had to describe your own art, like, how would you describe, like, your, your style? I mean... I don't know if it, I I would like to say that I'm kind of like, I definitely focus on pastels. So that would be like, I would want to say like pastel, surreal artist, but you know, saying surreal, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I try to do very realistic portraits and things like that. And I would like to think I'm a surreal artist, but I don't, I don't know if I'm there just yet, but that's definitely the direction I'm, I'm going towards. So if I'm not there yet, that's what I want to be at. So definitely like a pastel surreal portrait artist, I guess, is what I would categorize myself as. All right. That's super cool. Yeah. I'm like, my brain is like struggling to like form bridges between questions because we're about to completely pivot and absolutely change what we're talking about. It's all good. So I guess I won't be subtle about this uh, topic change. We're going to be switching gears from talking <laughs> about gears. talking about you and your art and your experience into more using artwork as you know a coping mechanism. So I was just wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about using artwork as a coping mechanism. I know you kind of talked a little bit at the beginning of the podcast about switching from like dance and like mu- mm-hmm. movement art into like more visual art but you also mentioned in in your application to be on the podcast you know more about just using artwork as a coping mechanism so I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could just talk a little bit more about about that and what that means to you yeah absolutely so I mean kind of the surface of that would be I, I mean, I was the type of person that would, you know, abuse alcohol and smoke weed. You know, I was a partier. So that obviously, at least for me, was a temporary point in my life because my body could not handle that. So for me, it was, you know, easier to not do those things when I had something to do. So for art, that was that was really helpful for me to have art. Also... I mean, with with trauma, I mean, I feel like that is, even if it's not a painting that I ever post or finish, I just feel like that is so, for me at least, it's so important for me to have that. I have had a few things happen to me in my life that, you know, I have a hard time sometimes coping with it and stuff, but being able to just take out paint and not have to talk about it and to just kind of try to create my emotion, I feel like is very therapeutic for me. And I don't know, I feel like that is just, it was really important for me to have that outlet to, I guess, stay sane. (laughs) Yeah, no, I 
I'm right there with you. I not not to talk about myself too much because I try not to do that. But we, I don't know, we're we're mutuals on TikTok, and I I posted a TikTok about this. I have no clue if you saw it or not. It was pretty recent, but I'm actually working on a piece right now. I'm like in this very weird. <laughs> nothing I'm saying is related to each other so it's gonna sound like a very weird sentence so bear with me <laughs> we okay. can't talk yeah, got it. <laughs> oh my god I'm like so bad at talking like why do I host a podcast because no one else would okay no I'm I'm working on this piece I can literally show it to you I have my iPad right here in case you haven't seen it it's in the ugly face we'll, we'll ignore that but I'm working on this piece I posted a TikTok about it it's a girl crying spaghetti oh my gosh I love that I haven't seen the TikTok of it yeah, I, I talked about it very briefly because I essentially like I found a sketch that I did probably in like 2014. It's like a long time ago and it was very poorly done, but it was a girl like crying spaghetti and then eating the spaghetti. That. And yeah, I saw it and I was just like, man, this speaks so much to this like transitional period that I'm going through right now. I don't know how much of like a spiritual artist you are. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ask everyone that and they most of the time they say yes. And I'm like, dang, we're all waking up here. We're all woke. I, but yeah, I, I'm like going through a transitional period. Like I'm you know, I'm moving. I just quit my job in corporate America, which is what I thought I wanted to do like my whole life. And mm -hmm. then I realized after three years of doing it that I hated it. And I started my business this year. And I've been, you know, focusing on this podcast and on my business and doing other things. And as I'm doing that, I'm kind of also had this like spiritual awakening. And I'm sure you've kind of seen in the spiritual community, there's like this toxic positivity almost mm -hmm. to where, yeah. you know, if you are, you know, a more negative person, like, oh, you're going to manifest that you're going to, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And it really made me like being around and like communicating and like networking with more spiritual people made me realize, oh my gosh, I'm really negative. I'm a, such a negative person. Like I always like, am, you know, I have anxiety disorder and, you know, I don't talk about that a lot on the podcast because there's no reason to, but right. Yeah. And I, I really struggle with having like just a very naturally negative thought pattern. And when I saw that sketch, I was like, I have to render this out because yeah. it's literally like what all these people in the spiritual community with the toxic positivity and with the right. you always have to be, what do they say? Like high vibrational or whatever. Yeah. It, it made me feel like, okay, I'm crying pasta and then I'm bringing it back to myself. All of these negative thoughts that right. I'm like putting out into the universe and I can draw it in a way that somebody's like, oh, haha, this crying pasta, eating pasta. How so funny, how silly. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend about the piece and she was like, oh my God, I love that. And then I explained the meeting and she's like, that's actually really sad. And I was like, see, this is why I love art so much. Cause like, right. norm, like the, no, the person who didn't make it, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about it. So I guess everyone listening to this knows now. Yeah. But like, you, it doesn't have to be done in a way that you look at art and you're like, oh, this is trauma. I feel uncomfortable. I feel saddened by this. It right. can be just like as silly as like somebody Absolutely. crying pasta and eating it. So Absolutely. I thought relevant story I thought I'd share. But yeah. And with you saying you had anxiety disorder, I have <laughs> I have borderline personality disorder. I was diagnosed in 2019, I think. And I also was diagnosed with PTSD for my past relationship. <laughs> and night terrors which I have my whole life so 
I, when I got that diagnosis, I felt like a mad woman. I felt like I couldn't maintain healthy relationships and that there would never be a way that I could express myself in a non-toxic way. But for anyone listening that has BPD, that is not true. I have the the best of friends that I've had for a long time and my partner who my boyfriend who I've had such a strong relationship with but it was definitely a hurdle getting through that kind of fear of like I'm I'm not gonna be someone that can be in a relationship because I'm a toxic person but that's just not the case and those feelings definitely were a lot so to have art there for me was something that I I just, I don't know how I would do it without having that outlet, you know? And like you said, like some of my paintings, I have a painting of someone squishing a grapefruit, but the grapefruit has like a face. And it's funny because a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, haha, like that's funny. It's a fruit with a face. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's, you know, I mean, it means so much beyond that, but it's nice to have something that surface level can can attract a bunch of people, you know? They don't have to necessarily completely understand the meaning behind it, but but there is so much depth behind so many artists painting that it's so interesting to always hear what artists have to say like what what they were doing when they were painting it, where they were at in their life. Like I feel like that's so interesting to hear because you know, the painting itself is only face value. So, yeah. And you know, I I feel like with artists, I feel like artists especially are just like a group of, of people who typically, you know, suffer from, you know, mental illness. And I think it's really important to remind yourself through art or not otherwise, like, just because like, you suffer from something that doesn't mean that, you know, that is you like, if Absolutely. you like me suffering from anxiety and stuff like that doesn't mean that like I am my anxiety I have to separate that and be like this is an illness that I suffer from just like somebody who's sick with like you know as opposed to like a mental illness like a physical illness like I don't know arthritis that's yeah like the first one you wouldn't define someone by their arthritis yeah exactly like it's not like you you have to separate that and like I feel like art really like putting your feelings and things that you've been through and things that you suffer from and things that you really struggle with into taking it, translating it into, you know, a visual format or auditory and making music about it or mm-hmm. writing about it even and and turning it into a story, either visually, tutorially, I don't know if that's a word that I just made up, but through, <laughs> you know, through visual art, through music or through like writing stories or poetry mm-hmm. or whatever. I just feel like it really, it really helps you like process the things that you're going through and like, to, you know, reason with yourself and tell yourself, you know what, like, this is not, you know, this is not me. This is like something that happened to me or this is something, you know, right. it's just, it's right. a really good way to process it. And also, the the reason that I brought up the spaghetti crying woman <laughs> was it doesn't have to be in a way that's obvious either because right. I know a lot Absolutely. of artists are like you know I you know I want to talk about my anxiety my PTSD my you know my experience but I don't want somebody to look at my art and like know right away like that this is what I'm talking about but I want to incorporate it in a way there's just so many ways that you can do that 
you just got to be a little bit creative. And sometimes you'll right. think of it 10 years ago <laughs> and it pops back up and you're like, that's literally what I'm going through still right now. Right. So. Right. That happens to me a lot. And, you know, you did mention poetry. I just have to say that I, I wish, I really wish I could do poetry. <laughs> I am not an articulate person. My, my two best friends, Cassidy and Ellie, they are so good with their words and they'll be like, oh, I wrote this little thing. And I'm just like, that is beautiful. That is the most beautiful strain of words I've ever heard. And I'm over here like trying to rhyme like C and and see, I can't even. <laughs> I am... yeah, that's why I stick with painting. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I feel like my writing, I mean, I don't know, because when I was in school, you know how they, I don't know if they, how, what they have in other places in other states, but Florida has like a writing, like a standardized test where you have to write like an essay or something. And I literally, I was one of the only people in my entire school who got a perfect score on it. And I... I just don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm good at writing for standardized tests, but I feel like if I were to sit down and try to write like a novel myself right here, I'd tell someone like, I'm not a writer. I don't, right. you know, so, you probably but. You probably could though. I'm not, I've, I've been wanting to write a book really bad, but I have no, I wouldn't even, and that's the thing too. I'm so scatterbrained. I feel like it'd be the weirdest book ever and just not make any sense. My mom's um, an author. She's self-published. She she definitely was a big reason why I started pursuing art seriously because she just one day was like she was a chemist that's what she went to school for she worked in a nuclear power plant then she she had to stop because she was pregnant and you're not allowed to, to do that when you're pregnant but then just one day she was like I'm gonna write a book and then she ended up writing like five and I just I'm so proud of her every day for just doing that but, that's awesome. Yeah, I love I love chemistry too. I almost majored in chemistry. <laughs> chemistry is like it would be the same thing as handing me a book in Mandarin. Like I I struggle so bad with chemistry. I am not a science gal. Ugh, I I loved chemistry when I when I was in high school I did like I took chem honors and then I went on and I took like AP chem and I was really good at it and I was like man I should do this and then I was like you know what no I want to be an artist <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, that. no, writing. Oh, I wanted to mention too. I, I also have a friend who's really good at writing who she'll post poetry sometimes on her Instagram. She was also a guest twice on ArtWise. She was the first person by the time. So this episode hasn't come out as of the time that we're recording this. But as of the time that this episode comes out, it will already be released. But sure. Jen, Jen Carmiel. I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah, she is... She's amazing. She's a painter. She has like a studio art degree, but she also, she writes music and she writes poetry and she posted on her Instagram. And yeah, every time I see her poetry, I'm like, dude, how does your brain, like, I don't know if I could ever do poetry. I can write like yeah. a story, I think, if I tried. Mm -hmm. I could write poetry, poetry if I like have that, that website pulled up in front of me to look up synonyms for words and stuff and like, you know, oh, have yeah. a little extra help, but no, I... I'm not a poet. That's for sure. Oh, I'll do that too. It's <laughs> no. So uh, another question that I had for you about using artwork as a coping mechanism. I was just wondering, like, in your opinion, how, how is using art 
as an outlet non-destructive compared to like other art outlets that you see people using as like coping mechanisms? Sure. I mean, I would say probably the the number one coping mechanism and the easiest coping mechanism for people to turn to is, you know, substances. And I I mean, I I still drink, you know, I mean, I drinking's fun, don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's a slippery slope when you're turning to substances to cope and I feel like it could be really dangerous in that aspect. So, you know, to be able to kind of have something that isn't rewiring your brain or melting your brain you know you might be you know if 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 you're going on like a psychedelic journey which I have done and I think I'm done with doing that stuff but I had a blast while doing it but I mean especially with every every drug just you don't know what you're getting when you're getting the drug for the most part. And I just feel like it's such a slippery slope when you turn to substances because if you're fiending, you might be making decisions that you wouldn't have made if you were more sound of mind. So I feel like having something like art where, you know, you're stressed. Okay, I'm going to paint instead of I'm stressed. I'm going to get drunk. You know, I just feel like that is so much more better for your, not only your body, but your mind. So I just really think that for me, Art definitely helped me with that. I feel like I could have definitely had a a big issue with substances if I didn't have art as an outlet to kind of ground me because I really do feel like art does ground me. Yeah, I think you could not have said it in, in a better way, honestly. And you know, I am someone, I'm gonna be completely honest, like I cannot do substances point blank period any even caffeine or like even advil is like like (laughs) caffeine yeah no can't do it you know i i've talked a little bit anxiety disorder caffeine does not help with that in fact it makes it significantly worse (laughs) but so does everything else i mean you know like alcohol can't do it it makes me warm i don't like to feel warm (laughs) yeah okay i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about yep Yeah, no, I've never been drunk in my life. And you know, I'm 22. I'm of age, but I've never I've never been drunk. It's just never been, you know, appealing to me because I feel like, and I think I've, I've pinpointed exactly why I am not, you know, down with with drugs and substances and substance Mm -hmm. use. And I think it's because it does the exact opposite of what art does for me and I just love art so much and like you were saying art is very grounding and I feel Mm -hmm. like when you when you take pretty much any substance it changes the way that your brain works and the way that your brain thinks and it it almost like ungrounds you to the point where like you're just floating around in space like certain things yeah and I don't know how into astrology you are well I love it I love astrology (laughs) so my chart my astrological chart is all fire and air. I have no earth. I have no water. I am completely unhinged. And are unhinged. Unhinged. Yeah. No, I, I have one. I have a Saturn in Taurus and I have a Scorpio Mercury and that's it. Everything else is either fire or air. And I am very unhinged. I, te- I have a tendency to, you know, like get very anxious, very ungrounded, very all over the place. And I find that anything that I take 
pretty much with the exception of like you know advil tylenol for like a headache or something like even caffeine just like completely throws me off the walls it makes me Mm -hmm. panic and like i can't do it art does the opposite of that for me and it really helps me ground it gets me super focused like even talking to me right now like i'm you know scatterbrained as hell and i'm like all over the place like bouncing off the walls that's just like (laughs) naturally like how I am but art really like hones me in I can really focus it's like the only thing that can get me into a meditative state and it's super that's a good way to say it meditative state absolutely you lose track of time it's like a it's an artist's high (laughs) yeah I don't know if you've seen the movie soul it's like a Disney movie I think I haven't seen it yet but I want to so bad oh my gosh okay in the movie soul this doesn't really spoil anything but there's a part of the movie where they talk about like where people go when they get like in the zone oh that is so cool yeah and I just like I've never related to anything more it's dude I have to check that out but yeah you know like you were saying with the the uh, your your horoscope signs. I am 100%. I'm an airbender, all air signs. I am an Aquarius sun, Libra moon, Gemini rising. Oh my gosh, I'm, I a, li- do. I'm a Libra moon. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Libra- I knew there was something. Yeah, there was something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I love it. I have no Gemini placements. I love being a Gemini. That's my unhinged side, I'd say. Really interesting. Yeah. I have no, I have no Gemini. I am a Sagittarius Sun and an Aries, or a Sagittarius Sun, a Libra Moon, and Aries Rising. Okay, okay. Aries is a powerful sign, very powerful. My mom's an Aries. I love being an Aries. I know a lot of people don't really like Aries or like being an Aries. I've heard so many people say, you know, like I've had like. People tell me, like, you know, oh, like, I don't want to talk to you because you're an Aries rising. I'm just like, what? Well, at least what you're not that? a Scorpio. Am I right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am sorry for all the Scorpios. I have Scorpio girlfriends, but Scorpio men are bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, they're both ruled by Mars, so I they're very similar. I Like, there's key differences, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I'm just like. Man, that's like kind of wild that you would like just not talk to someone because of their right. sign, right? When you have a whole chart of things, right? Like- right. All because I I know I I'm an Aries Venus, but I mean people hate Aquarius too. People think I from what from my understanding, people think that Aquarius have like a like a god complex or something like that. Which I don't know. Maybe I do have that. I don't think I do. I think I'm a very humbled person, but. I have I an Aquarius uh, stellium in my 11th house, so I I feel you there. My yeah. my chart ruler is my Aquarius Mars. Okay. So the Aquarius is heavy in my chart too. I a love lot of Aquarius. Yeah, a lot of I have a lot of Aquarius and I have a lot of Aries and a lot of Sagittarius, which is weird because I I used to always think like, oh, the Sagittarius in my chart doesn't really present itself because I don't like to travel and you know I'm not very like I don't know I'm 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 a free spirit but not in the traditional Sagittarius way of being like oh I'm gonna travel the world I'm more like you know fuck a job like I'm not (laughs) 
Look at you that. Know? But my friend's like, oh no, it's like Sagittarius is my friend. Her name is Brie. She's an astrologer. She her name is Brie the Malefic. For anyone who wants to work with her, she always says Sagittarius's are like music festival energy. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Yeah. She's like, it doesn't show up in your personality because the Libra indecisiveness is just so strong. But like, if you look at you, you always look like you're about to go to a music festival. And I think it's the purple hair. (laughs) But yeah, no, there's something. (laughs) But yeah. Anyway, art is very grounding for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I could talk about astrology for days, I so swear. But I. yeah, <laughs> art is very grounding. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So one one question that I had as well, a little bit different. I was just wondering, like, if, if you were talking to someone who's not an artist, not really into art or interested in it at all, but is looking for coping mechanisms for, you know, their own trauma and their own things, do you think you would suggest they start utilizing art? I definitely would suggest it because, I mean, it might be something that they just never, never cross their radar. You know, it might just be one of those things that they're like, just never considered as something as they could use in a therapeutic form. But I definitely think that um, it's, yeah, I feel like anyone can be an artist because art, you know. Art doesn't have to be pretty. Art is just putting your emotions onto something that you created, whether it's painting, a sculpture, dancing. It's like, I feel like anyone could benefit from from exploring art, for sure. Yeah. I think something that I didn't write down, but I just thought of it, there are a lot of artists who don't use art as a coping mechanism, too. And I always, like, wonder, you know, like, why not? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I feel that. I definitely have have known some artists that I feel like they've allowed like their art to almost stress them out more, whether it's over-scheduling for, for events or just not giving themselves enough time before a deadline and things like that. So I definitely have seen that myself as well, that there are just some artists that don't use it as kind of a coping or therapeutic way to calm down and just relax yeah I I can honestly say I definitely used to be one of those people and honestly like I'm, I'm not gonna place too much blame on myself because I got sucked into what society deems is you know appropriate for an artist to be I I literally like I graduated from high school and I said you know what I'm just gonna find a job in the arts and I started working in graphic design and that kind of led me down you know a nine to five corporate America type job and you know as an artist in that position it's it's very weird and like very heavily contrasting because you know being an artist and making art for a living but it's not art that you want to be making it's like bs like corporate stuff that you're being instructed to make it's not not only is it not the same it's not an outlet it's not grounding it becomes very Mm -hmm. stressful because you're using all of your creative energy on something that you don't really care about and then Mm -hmm. when you come home after you know, your nine, 10, 11 hour day sometimes. And you're like, man, I really need to ground. I really need to meditate. And there's just nothing left to be put right. onto a canvas at that right. point. 
So I, you know, now that I've quit that job and I'm, you know, I own my own business, I make my own schedule and I definitely am making it a priority to make art like the spaghetti person and art I that like that one. <laughs> actually I, I'm obsessed with the idea I'm gonna hate it by the time this episode no, comes out I'm gonna be like oh so... my god stop talking about it <laughs> no I love it I love it such a good idea thank you I I don't even I I don't know I don't know I found it in a sketchbook and I don't even remember drawing it but I know it was an older sketchbook and the drawing that I was in it was not very good and I was just like man how could how did I just come up with stuff like this and just leave it half finished in a sketchbook because now I really struggle with coming up with ideas for artwork and it really takes me like moving and going through my old stuff and seeing old stuff and like being reminded of like how creative I was at that point in my life where I didn't really have responsibilities outside of just going to school and learning and soaking everything in and it's just like Mm -hmm. damn I really hope that I can get back to that point here soon because it was really cool to be able to just make stuff like that and come up with ideas and like actually be proud of those ideas. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just stopped going to this job in, in May. So I, you know, it's only been a couple of months and I'm feel like it's slowly starting to come back, but it's definitely like, I feel like artists who are artists, for corporate America and like otherwise who don't really get the opportunity to make stuff for themselves, I feel like it's mm-hmm. easy to, you know, just forget that art can actually be not only like a coping mechanism, but it can be a tool for meditation and other like really important yeah. things. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my last painting I don't know if you could hold on, let me grab it really quick. My last painting, I didn't know where I was going with it. I didn't know the direction of it. Couldn't tell you what it is, but this was probably one of the most therapeutic paintings I've done in a while. I think I sat down for like 10 hours straight, just working on it with no direction. That (laughs) literally looks like an archangel because, you know, that's what they look like. Yeah. They're they're just a bunch of eyes. Right. (laughs) That's why I kind of took that idea, but I kind of was like, well, it'd be kind of cool if she had like two mouths and two noses. I feel like you so long you need to like i feel like there's definitely an archangel that looks like exactly like that because i feel like I've really seen it before there has to be because they do they look so scary like people are right? like oh angels little babies with wings and it's yeah, like, little cubes no. and it's like no it's a ball of eyeballs <laughs> yeah and a like big... a spinning thing around it yeah some of them look real scary like light beings like look absolutely terrifying like oh my god they're scarier than like the dark darker stuff in my opinion anyway I don't know that's no absolutely (laughs) I can agree with you on that like if I saw an an angel just a ball of eyeballs with wings coming towards me I would be shitting bricks literally freaking out (laughs) I would too I'm not even gonna lie that's terrifying (laughs) absolutely and angels are supposed to be this, like, oh, this very, like, angelic creature that we're supposed to just be like, oh, yeah. And it's just actually this little cluster of eyeballs. Yeah. No. Scary. <laughs> so that that being said, like, how, how do you, like, personally go about utilizing art as, like, a coping mechanism for yourself? Like, what does that process look like for you? For me, I just... It's as easy as me just throwing on some headphones and getting in a comfy spot, getting everything I need 
around me and just getting lost in it. I usually will get lost in a in a drawing or a painting and that is when I feel the most relaxed, I would say, like ever. Yeah. No, I I wish I could do. I need to get back to a point where that it's that easy, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's some like something that not a lot of artists talk about is like so for some sometimes it's just not it, like it's not always that simple especially if you force yourself to mm-hmm. overdo absolutely. it <laughs> oh absolutely and especially if you're working and your job requires you to do art it's really hard to then sit down and just kind of be like all right I'm ready to get lost in this this painting that I'm just gonna start and I do feel like it's extremely normal for artists to kind of go through phases where it's almost like a a mental block there was a point in time for a couple months I didn't create anything and I felt bad about it. It was this weird feeling where I felt like almost guilty, like I was abandoning that part of me, but it's, I feel like that was necessary for me to kind of rest, to be able to come back and, and do the art that I wanted to do. Yeah, it's definitely, so I, similar situation, you know, once I started working, you know, in graphic design I basically didn't really create anything for myself for four years. I mean, I had times where I would, you know, sit down and do like a drawing, but I had never really like, especially after I started doing graphic design, I completely switched from traditional art, painting, you know, anything on like physically on paper. And I've just transitioned to digital art and I still... I still struggle to kind of go back. And what sucks is like, I know that traditional art is a lot more grounding for me than digital art is. They're both grounding, but for some reason, there's just like a give about doing something on paper or canvas Mm -hmm. that isn't really there when you're like drawing on a screen. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to describe it other than that. You kind of have to be an artist who does for people cool. listening to yeah. this, you have to do. I know you do digital art as well, but you you really do have to experience both to know that there is like such a huge absolutely. difference between <laughs> digital art and traditional. Yeah, absolutely. But I just find traditional to be like very more, very more, <laughs> a lot more grounding, <laughs> grounding for me than than digital yeah, art. Absolutely. But- I went through a phase. <laughs> oh gosh. At my old apartment, I didn't get my security deposit back. I wonder why. I used to just cover my entire body with paint and just roll on, like roll around on canvases. Paint itself, there's something about the paint aspect that is just so, I don't know, like for me at least, therapeutic. Like just having the paint. I don't know. It's so hard to explain. But like I, I even did a photo shoot where I got like the like liquid acrylic paint. So it wouldn't all mesh together and I poured it in a jar and like the photo shoot was just me dumping it on my head and I'm like wearing, I didn't want to be like completely naked. So I'm wearing like tan underwear and like a tan bra so you can't really see. And like the whole shoot was just me rolling around in like paint and it was so fun. (laughs) I definitely, if, if you're a person that has access to a space where you can do something like that, a hundred percent do it. I I have not I have not rolled around in in paint to that effect, but when I graduated high school, I think the theme was literally like a paint party and I like we just oh, like God. filled like 
water balloons and stuff with paint and i'm pretty sure we all just took like a bottle of paint and just were squirting it at each other and everybody like wore white and we all like got to keep the clothes after yeah it's so fun fun. yeah it just uh, makes me want to do something like that again i just think yeah honestly i would love to do that again Granted, it took me, like, two weeks to get all the paint out of my hair. Something about, like, it's such a beautiful mess. And, like, something about being messy like that is just, you know, you're not supposed to do it. But it's just, like, it. that's what makes it fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I totally agree. We're, we are coming up on an hour, though. So I'm just going to ask you one more question, and then we'll get into self-promo. So I ask everybody this question at the end, because I think it's really important. So... That is, uh, what advice would you give your younger self regarding your career as an artist? Is there anything that you would like to tell little you? (laughs) Absolutely. I would tell myself because I cared so much about what other people thought in high school and I, and, you know, even before that grade school. And I just wanted, you know, I wanted people to like me and I wanted to be accepted. And the one thing I would tell myself is to just drop drop caring about that immediately and do I feel like there were so many things so many different art avenues that I didn't take earlier because I was too afraid to just be myself and explore what I wanted to do I wanted to fit in like everyone else and and I wanted to be cool and I wasn't (laughs) so it was like a waste of my time so what I would tell myself is to just not give a fuck a flying fuck about anyone anyone's opinion because i i found my group of people it may have taken till i was 23 years old to find this group of people but they've been in my life ever since then and i can be my raw self and it's just so silly for me to look back and and remember all the times i tried so hard to fit in and and not be my true self and not not paint or not do this or that because i wanted to be cool and and go to the football games that I didn't even watch or like, you know? So it's like, I definitely think just not caring about what other people think was, would be my biggest, biggest advice to my younger self. Yeah, I I feel like that's really important to not just artists, but everyone. It's yeah, everybody else is already taken. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just be, Absolutely. you know, be yourself. And like be the most authentic version of you. And I feel like something too that I've, I'm kind of realizing like as I go, you know, transition like into, you know, adulthood. I mean, I'm not really in the transition phase anymore, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I'm 22, so still young. But yeah, you're still young. You're still a baby. As I kind of like make that transition, I am starting to realize like, I, I feel like I, you know, I don't know how much you know about human design. I keep making references to like weird things that no one cares about. But in my human design chart, I have a defined identity center. So I feel like I've always kind of known who I am. But um, I have like really bad people pleasing tendencies. And mm-hmm. it's made me realize as an adult, like how, just how much I have like gone out of my way to people please to the point where there are some things about myself that like I'm just now realizing like oh is is this me am I like this I just didn't know because I just was suppressing it to like make other people Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable that's exactly Um, how I I absolutely can second that absolutely 
Yeah. People pleasing sucks. I know. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's it's so important because like I feel like when you are the most authentic version of yourself, like that is definitely when you're the happiest, when you don't feel like you have to hide. And honestly, straight up, not everybody's going to like you. And that's just something that you just have to learn to be okay with. Right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're you your be, fans. <laughs> yeah. You could be the most perfect person in the world and there would still be a lot of people who, for that reason alone. Right. I was like just going to say, for that exact reason, they would not like you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this this episode has been really, honestly, like really, really cool. Like I, I love the direction that we had it in. Yeah. And thank you, Jackie, for coming on. This is yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, episode. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully, like we can do a part two in the future because I really, yeah, really, I liked the energy. It was yeah, I would awesome. love to. It's that Libra Moon energy. <laughs> Libra Moon, yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, we're we're over an hour, so I'm gonna go ahead and give you the floor to do your self promo, where people can find you, communicate with you, support you. The floor is yours. Literally anything you want to talk about. Now's the time. All right, perfect. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the littlest hobo art, but it is the underscore littlest underscore hobo art. On TikTok, I am. I want to say I'm, let me double check. Pastel Hobo 11, I believe. Let me just double check on that. Nope. Pastel Hobo Art. I changed it. So on TikTok, I am Pastel Hobo Art. And then I do have a Ko-Fi shop where you can see what pieces are available and the pricing and everything like that. You can also support me on there as well. And my Ko-Fi shop is Pastel Hobo 11. So that's where that was. All right. But other than that, I think that's my main sites where you can reach me. If you do want to email me, you can email me at pastelhobo at gmail.com. But other than that, that's pretty much it. Awesome. And as always, guys, all of these links will be in the episode description for easy access. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Did you have anything you wanted to add before I wrap it up? No, I think I'm... I think I covered everything I could think of right now. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thank you guys all for listening. As always, if you could just tell like your art friends about us, that'd be super cool. We're great to listen to while you're creating artwork. And we also have an Instagram account at Artwise Podcast where we do episode announcements and some behind the scenes stuff. And there is a Discord server that's free to join. Literally anyone can join it. And it's for networking with artists from literally all over the world. It's so much fun. As of us recording this, we have 150 people, but I am sure there will be plenty more by the time that this comes out. So if you want to meet a bunch of really cool artists who all listen to the podcast, that is the place. And we have merch too on my website, katemerrymanart.com slash shop. So I think that's everything that I wanted to bring up. But yeah, thank you again, Jackie, for coming on. And thank thank everyone for for listening. And I will see all of you guys uh, next Tuesday with another guest. Bye, everyone.